I always say compassion and empathy and how you operate because then you start to realize, like for my husband and I, with him being an emotional authority and I'm a splenic authority, I know the answer right then and there, but now I have to give him permission to be like, oh, he's got to like emotionally wave on it. So I just need to be respectful of his time. Hello, friends, and welcome to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Wittig. I'm your host today, and I have Bronwyn Snell with me today as my guest. And I'm really, really looking forward to this because I have no clue about what we're going to talk. I mean, I know what we're going to talk about, but I don't understand any of it. So you get to learn with me today. This is going to be very experiential. So let me tell you a little bit about Bronwyn. She is a human design and intuitive coach. She uses human design, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. She uses human design and her intuitive abilities of psychic and mediumship to help people empower themselves so they can then empower their loved ones. Bronwyn is passionate about helping individuals and couples discover their gifts and tap into who they are energetically designed to be. She believes that once you learn about your human design, you will find that the things you once considered to be your flaws are actually your superpowers. I am so excited about this. During her coaching sessions, Bronwyn walks you through the internal healing process so you can then transfer that knowledge into any of your relationships. Human design and intuition are tools that can help us create more compassion and empathy in our relationships with ourselves and others and ultimately create major transformations. I am all about making transformations with my clients. So I, this is, I'm so excited. I love to see new tools and learn about them. So welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It is my passion to share about human design. And I know for me personally, it has absolutely transformed who I am in a short period of time. So I just love to share that energy with the world. Great. Perfect. I love it. So tell us what is human design? Yeah. So without getting too into the weeds, human design was sort of a download by a man named Ra Aruhu back in 1987. And basically it combines a few things that we're probably all a little bit familiar with. So it combines the Kabbalah, the chakra system, astrology, and the Chinese I Ching, and a little bit of quantum physics as well. And it kind of makes this really specific package. I almost, Mm -hmm. I always describe it as if like a personality test, like Mm Myers-Briggs and like astrology came together and had this like really specific baby. So (laughs) we just give you so much good information about yourself and then how your energy is meant to interact with the universe. So Mm -hmm. you can find ease and flow and stop kind of, you know, hitting a brick wall when you're trying to do things that are out of alignment for who you are. Okay. This is so cool. I love tools. I, you know, cause that's, they just, the more tools I have that even better I can provide for people, but also the better I understand myself. And that's, that's where it all starts. So Bronwyn has done, I don't know, what do you call it? You, you, you didn't human design something for me. I don't know what yes. you call it. So, so I call it an unpack. I mean, you can call it whatever you'd like, some like a deep dive. So there's a chart that you get, and it's very similar to astrology in that you need your birth information. So you need birth date, birth location, birth time. And then you just enter that in and you get a human design chart, which is very overwhelming at first. Yes. I generally like to break it down into different sessions. So like in each session, we talk about just a few things 
mm-hmm. so that you can go and integrate it into your life instead of just analysis paralysis with all of this information that you've been getting. Right. So, but we are going to do a little bit of a, a deep dive into it today. But yeah, I usually call these my human design unpack. So we're unpacking okay. your design. Cool. So I know that for right now, this is audio, but she ha- she's going to share her screen with us and put my human design unpack chart up, I guess it is, which I got a glimpse at earlier. And yeah, it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> But I'm real excited to see what you what you're going to share with us. So this will be on YouTube in 2023. So if you're really interested in what this looks like, and I think we'll probably be able to put a picture of it up on my website. Stay tuned and I'll let you know where you can actually go look at it. (laughs) So Bronwyn, dive in. Okay. so today we are going to go over some of the basics, some of the bigger picture things But really, when I started integrating some of these like big three items, which I'll go over first, my life completely transformed. So even without getting into like the weeds of gates and circuitry and things like that, you can have big changes and big impacts if we just look at some of these bigger picture items. So the first thing is with human design, there are five energy types. We have the manifester. The generator, which is what you are. So we'll come back to that. Oh, okay. A a manifesting generator, which is a combo of the two. A projector, which is what I am. And then the reflector, which is very rare. It's less than 1% of the population. So to start off with type, you are a generator. So generators are the people that are here to, to work. But it's not just to do any work. It's to do the work that lights you up. And generator types, which includes generator and manifesting generator, make up 70% of the population. So when you enter into a room, probably the majority of the people are going to be some sort of generator type. But you have, if we look at the chart, when you guys look at the chart, when you see it actually visually, it's set up a lot like the chakra system. There's just two extra centers that have kind of broken off. And so there's a sacral center. And because you have your sacral center all colored in, it's mm-hmm. defined. That's what makes you a generator. And that's where all of your life force energy is coming from. So you have a lot of energy, a lot of energy to do the work that lights you up mm. and then to sort of share that work with the world. And it's a very, generators have a very magnetic and attractive personality. My youngest son, who's three, is a generator. And I think that he's like the purest form of a generator because he hasn't had the conditioning of society and things like that yet. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see just the charismatic energy that a generator brings. For generators, you do have this sacral response to things. And the sacral response is usually like an uh aha or an uh uh-uh. So if I were to ask you some yes or no question, you'd probably nod your head along. And it's funny because even just in the video, I've seen you doing this and doing the uh uh-huh and uh uh-uh. It's always generator type. Always do it every time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's so aligned that you have some sort of verbal response and it might be uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh or some sort of variation on it, but you have that gut response to things. But for you, you have something else that kind of trumps that gut response, but we'll get to that in just a minute. But, But all generator types will have that like yes or no. So a lot of times when you're talking to generator types, like if somebody asks you, where do you want to go to dinner? You might be like, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. But if they ask you a specific question, yes or no, like, do you want Mexican food? Uh-uh. Do you want a sandwich? Uh-huh. You might have better luck if somebody like communicates with you asking yes or no questions. Ah, uh, okay. 
Yeah. Does that resonate at all? It does. I love working yeah. with a pendulum because it's yes or no answers. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's so true. And I've never thought about it because both of my kids are generator types. So the little one's the generator, the older one's the manifesting generator. So anytime I, I feel them not being able to respond to something, I'm like, oh, I got to do yes or no. So, but oh, I love the pendulum idea. That's that so good. Is, okay. That right there is a huge aha. <laughs> I love it. Thank I love you. it. So with generators with every type, actually, there's sort of two themes that come along. And basically these themes, it's like good feeling, bad feeling. So the good feeling is called our signature theme. And this is just the feeling that comes up in your life when everything's aligned and everything's going well, and you're following your strategy and authority, which we'll get to in just a minute. Mm -hmm. And so your signature theme is satisfaction. So if you start to think back on life, there might be times when you've just felt very satisfied, almost like content. And that just shows you that you're in alignment. Okay. Now, sort of the like warning feeling, the bad feeling is frustration. This is called your not self theme. So when you're doing things out of alignment, like you haven't followed your strategy or authority, which like I said, we'll get to in just a second, mm -hmm. then you're going to feel frustrated and that little warning sign is going to pop up. And that's just like your little blinking red light that says, hey, we've done something out of alignment. Let's see if we can get back into it. So do those feelings resonate for you? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. For me as a projector, my not self theme was bitterness. And I was like, holy cow, that it totally explains like this feeling that I get when I'm not feeling seen or validated, which are really big in projector world. And so I thought that was a really very specific feeling because bitterness for me, I feel like is frustration, but like also resentment. And yeah. so that, that not self theme for me, for my type, I was like, oh yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I always like to give a little tip, a sleeping tip to each type. So for generators, the sleeping tip is use up all your energy in the day. So find ways to use your energy, however that works for you, whether it's dancing, yoga, going for a walk, whatever it might be, just mm -hmm. staying busy around the house. And because your goal is as soon as you get in bed and your head hits the pillow that you pass out. You're This is the one type that doesn't really need any wind down time. So like with our kiddo, our youngest, we just run him ragged and you, he usually passes out within like 10 minutes of us leaving the room because he's, you know, he's used up all of his energy. But it's if you're having trouble sleeping, it's probably your indication that you haven't used up all that energy because you yeah. have a lot. So. Yeah. Okay. That okay, that makes sense too. I have a husband who goes to bed very early, and I I try to go to bed at a similar time, and I'm awake for hours. And when mm -hmm. he's not around, and I stay up very late to you know eleven, it's not super late, but I go right to sleep. And oh, yeah. So yeah, okay, perfect. Sense. And I I would wonder too if he's a non-sacral type. So if his sacral center is undefined, he's probably one of those people that needs to go to bed early. Like me and my husband are both these types. So we go to bed before we're tired and we have that wind down time where we're like, you're, you're horizontal, you're letting all the energy kind of dissipate from you hmm. and sort of resting and recharging. But you might be reading a book, watching TV, looking at an iPad, oh, whatever it is. Yeah, it's no, that he, wind up time. he passes That's out immediately. <laughs> oh, nice. So he doesn't, you know, he's like, <laughs> so the next part that's really important mm -hmm. is strategy. So each type has its own strategy, which basically is how the universe, sometimes I say Gus, I stole that from somebody. So Gus would be, stands for God, universe, source, or spirit. So insert mm -hmm. whatever word you would like here, but I say universe. Mm -hmm. So it's how the universe communicates with us. And so for generators, your 
strategy is to respond. So it's to respond to things that are external of you. Mm-hmm. So let me kind of start with what you're not supposed to do. A lot of us, the manifestors are the only type that are allowed to initiate. The rest of us try to initiate and it usually does not go well for us. So mm-hmm. if you go back and start to reflect on all of these times you've tried to initiate in your life and it's probably not gone well. I know for me, there were times I was a teacher for 15 years and was trying to become a principal and I was initiating, initiating, and I just wound up getting myself into the most toxic work environment that mm-hmm. I've ever been in. And then as I eased back and I started responding to things, or for me, my strategy is to wait for the invitation, things would just click and I'd be in such a healthier place and environment when I was following my strategy. So there's a few different ways that something to respond to can come up. The first thing is it cannot be internal. So you can't have an idea like, I want to move to a new house. And then respond to that immediately because that's not going to go well. It's got to be external. So it could be a verbal invitation. It could be an email that comes across, you know, your email opening up the opportunity to do some cool new thing. But it also, once you get really good at recognizing, can be signs and synchronicities. So I always give the example with my clients, you know, it's Hawaii keeps popping up. So you pick up a book, takes place in Hawaii. You turn on a like TV show, takes place in Hawaii. You walk past the store and there's like an ad for like, I don't know, a trip to Hawaii, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Then probably your little antenna needs to go up. You'd be like, Hawaii is something important. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's I'm supposed to go on a trip there. Maybe it's some past life regression, like whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. Start paying attention to Hawaii and that's going to be your thing to respond to. Yeah. But as long as you're operating in response to something, you will most likely find success. Everything I have been successful at has started because somebody else said, you should do this. You'd be good at this. You should try this, including my practice. My teacher like kicked me out of the nest and said, you need to start your own business. (laughs) Exactly. And so when I started like this, is I'm not a big journaler, but when I got into human design, I started journaling. Okay. These are all the times I initiated and it went poorly. These are Mm -hmm. the times I, as a projector, waited for an invitation and it was just spot on. Like it got me exactly to where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to create proof for your brain that this stuff works. It's all Mm -hmm. about getting into your body. And we're going to talk about authority in just a second. And that's how we make decisions. But I will say I'm somebody who struggled with depression and anxiety my entire life. And as soon as I started following my design, particularly my strategy and authority, my anxiety, like completely gone. Wow. Which, which is saying a ton because I, the, the, the depression piece I had like more under control, but the anxiety piece struggled with my entire life, even as a kid. And now I, I mean, it may pop up once in a while, but I know how to kind of put my mind back into the passenger seat and not let it overwhelm me. So I'm a big advocate for using human design to support your mental health as well. Okay. And there's so much anxiety in the world right now that that's that's a huge tool. Okay. It is huge. Good to know. All right. So the next piece we're going to talk about is authority. So strategy was how the universe communicates with us. Mm -hmm. Authority is how we communicate with the universe or more simply how we make decisions. So all of the decisions, no matter what they are, whatever your authority is, it's all in the body. Nothing is in your mind, having your mind make decisions which is what causes the anxiety because we all let our heads start to interfere and talk us into or out of things that Mm -hmm. we know deep down are probably not the best for us. Mm -hmm. So 
earlier I said that you as a generator are going to have that initial sacral response, that yes or no to things, but you have something that trumps that because you are an emotional authority. So when we look on the chart, there's a triangle in the bottom right-hand corner and it's yours is colored and this is the solar plexus center. So again, very similar to the chakra system. Yours is colored in, which means it's defined here, which means you automatically have emotional authority. Okay, because there's sort of a hierarchy to the authorities based on whether something's defined or not. So for an emotional authority, this means you operate on an emotional wave, like a mechanical wave that shows up consistently Hmm. and there's no truth in the now. You were not born to make spontaneous decisions. You You were born to feel through your all of the highs and lows of your emotional waves and get to emotional clarity and emotional clarity is when you are disconnected, detached from high feelings or low feelings. You just get to a place where you're like, I'm not attached to any feeling. It kind of is what it is. This is what I want to do or no, I don't want to do this. Okay. And the problem is a lot of people with emotional authority before they realize that's what they have are making spontaneous decisions or making decisions that are indulging a certain emotion. It could be a high emotion where you're like, yeah, let's do this. And then a week later, you're like, oh, why did I say I was going to do that? Or on the flip side, you're like, I don't want to go to that party. That sounds terrible because you're in an emotional low. And then a week later, you're like, oh, I really wish that I wouldn't have said that because I'd like to go to that. Mm-hmm. So it's all about waiting to make a decision and also creating these boundaries where people are allowing you to do that. So saying, you know what? It feels like a yes, but let me get back to you in three days or let me get back to you in a week on what my decision is and feel through your wave and then go from there. Now you actually have two emotional waves that you operate from. So sometimes it can be a little bit of a playing game to see what that feels like for you. So you have, when we look at these little channels, there's like these little hallway things coming off of each center. Mm -hmm. You have from gate 69 to gate 59. So that's one channel that you have activated there. And then from gate 30 to gate 41, that's another channel. Mm -hmm. So those are the two waves that you have. So the gate six and 59, that channel, it's a very kind of steady and consistent emotional wave. It doesn't have like huge peaks or valleys. And usually it's about connecting with somebody else to kind of activate that wave. And it's usually about creation and bringing new things into the world. So that that emotional wave is not going to be as aggressive as some of the other waves might be. Okay. For this 30 and 41, this one is a little bit bigger. It has some higher peaks and valleys. I, in my brain, always picture like the heart monitor, like at the uh-huh. hospital, like with the peaks and valleys. So yours is going to operate. You're going to have highs and lows and highs and lows and go back and forth. And you're really just going to have to figure out, okay, how long does my emotional wave last? Some people, I do not have emotional authority, but some people I've talked to have said that they usually have a few different lengths. So they might have an emotional wave that lasts three days, three Mm. weeks, three months, depending on what type of decision they're trying to, you know, solve. So does any of that resonate for you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because I'm always a, a gut reaction kind of person. And I often will go, let me think about that. But it's actually, let me feel about that. It's and, yeah. and then suddenly I'll I'll have clarity. And usually I'm not consciously thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's and when things of, are easiest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And a lot of generator types who are have an emotional authority, 
do you have some sort of conflict with that sacral response and then that emotional authority? So what I tell people to do is in the moment when you're faced with a decision, listen to your gut response. Like what's your gut telling you? Like, is it, uh-huh, I want to do this or uh-uh. And just file that away, then feel through your emotional wave and then see if those two things line up. But your emotional wave is always going to trump that sacral response. Like that has the final say, if that makes sense. Mm, I think so. Yeah. And then there, and there are other authorities for other people. Like if you were to not have your solar plexus defined, you would have sacral authority where you do listen to that sacral response and that gut reaction is your decision-making. And it's very in the moment. For me, I don't have either one of those, the solar plexus or the sacral defined. So mine goes to my spleen center, which is a triangle on the far left. Mm-hmm. And that's all about intuition. So my intuition is really strong in my decision-making. So I have to, I had to really hone in on how my intuition speaks to me, which for me is a lot of clear audience. And mm-hmm. I'll get a word like, yes or no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing. But it's very much a whisper in the beginning. And we're so conditioned, I think, to turn off that intuitive ability mm-hmm. that it took a while to build up and to trust. But yeah. the biggest thing with, and there's other sort sort of less frequent, less popular <laughs> authorities mm-hmm. beyond that. Those are kind of your main three. But the biggest thing is no matter what your authority is, trust, building a sense of trust and not letting that mind jump in and talk you into or out of something once yeah. you've listened. And it may not make sense. Like there's times when my spleen is like, yep, we want to do this. And I'm like, seriously, do we really want to do this? <laughs> but I just follow it and it always ends up putting me in a good and healthy environment, yeah. high vibe place. Whereas if I let my mind jump in and be like, oh no, we shouldn't do that. It's too much money or people might think this about you or whatever, then I get myself into a bad situation. So yeah. for, <laughs> for me, it's when I'm making decisions, it's I, I, like to be in what I call the flow. I like to get into the flow of my energy, which is apparently is my emotional energy and, and feel for what feels good and what doesn't. So that's, that's how I'm often making decisions and not even consciously most of the time until sort of, I look back and go, oh yeah, okay. I was pausing there because I hadn't made that decision yet. I didn't know what I wanted to do or so, okay, this is, this is really fascinating. All yes, right, it's, go, go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's always spot on. This is why I love human yeah. design. And that's why I said like in, in my bio, I always say that a lot of people find a lot of validation through their human design. And they mm-hmm. realize that these things that they were judging themselves for are actually their superpowers. So for example, as a projector, I am not meant to have a lot of energy. I'm meant to only work three to four hours a day. And I was for all of my 20s, working 15 hour days, I would teach school all day and then teach a drum line at night. And I was doing 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days and exhausting myself. And, but anytime I would stop, I would have this, you know, negative self-talk of like, I'm lazy Mm -hmm. or my family or society was like, you're lazy if you're not working hard and hustling all the time. When really, once I discovered human design, I was like, oh, I'm not meant to work all the time. I'm more efficient in a smaller amount of time. And I need that rest for to like to fully serve my purpose and to mm-hmm. serve other people. Hmm. So it's just fascinating. And it's given me permission to step away from those old school work hustle, gotta yeah. work hard to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So our next aspect we're going to look at is profile. And I love profile because this for me resonated big time as soon as I heard it. So for the profile, you are a four, six opportunistic role model. 
Now I always pause here and I say some <laughs> of the words in human design are just the worst. <laughs> they are like, I'm not a, like, there's the martyr, there's the heretic oh, gosh. So sometimes, or the hermit. And you're like, what? But once you start to dig into what it means, usually uh -huh. there's resonance there. Okay. So just a preface to anyone, when you start digging into your human design, don't get turned off by some of the names because usually right. the meaning is spot on. So the line four is where the four comes from. And that's the opportunist. But basically what that means is you're a person of like networks and community. You find, build your foundation and you find a sense of safety and security in your relationship huh? and your community. Does that, it looks like that resonates. Does that resonate? <laughs> Just cracking up here. You're so spot on. One of my superpowers is I, I connect communities of women specifically. Mm -hmm. And looking back through my life, I've done that since I was little. Yes. Yeah. So that... <laughs> And usually you're serving as like a vector who kind of comes into these different groups and infects, I use quotes on that, like, cause not bad infects, but infects people with your knowledge, with your personality, what you have to bring to the table and you're making connections and sometimes connecting these groups too, but your communities are always going to be important. And a lot of the opportunities that you get will probably come from your networks as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. This yes. is amazing. I know it's it's so good. I know this is why I love it. And this is why I do what I do is to see the reactions and to see people be like, oh, this is me. This is this me. Is I me. love it. Yeah. This is so incredible. Yeah. I think of myself as a seed for communities. I love that. You know, because I kind of go in and, and help them grow and and I get to definitely reap the benefits of those communities. I love it. So that's yeah. amazing. I love it. Very aligned. I love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Now, the other part of your profile is a line six, which is the role model. And the line six is a little bit different than the other five profile lines because it comes in stages. So there's three stages. Now, the first stage of the role model, the line six, is from ages zero to 30. And it's all about trial and error. You're actually operating like a line three. And I have a line three in my profile, uh -huh. all about trial and error and experiential learning. So yep. you may fall down a lot, but every time you do, you're learning something. Mm -hmm. So like I always operate under the quote, you're either winning or you're learning. So it's never anything lost. You're not losing. You're not failing. You're just learning something new and becoming mm -hmm. better because of it. Right. So probably if you think back to ages zero to 30, you're like, oh yeah, there was a lot of trial and error there oh, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then once you hit 30, you go into stage two, which is from ages 30 to 50 ish. I mean, it's always give or take a couple of years, right. but that's called, they call it in human design on the roof, but it's basically a time to retreat where you start to retreat. You focus on building maybe family relationships, things like that. But you're also integrating all of these lessons that you learned in that first stage of life when you were going through the trial and error. Mm -hmm. So that by the time you hit 50, that's when we enter into the final stage, stage three, and you emerge as the role model. And you're there to share all of these lessons you've learned and integrated with the people around you. And in your case, especially with your networks. Mm -hmm. So does that, all that resonate? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I talk about being, I mean, I'm in my early 60s now, but I've been on this path of spirituality and healing work since my early to mid 50s. And I talk about coming into the wise woman, you know, that I feel like I have passed through a transformation, which menopause is very much a, a transformation into that wise woman stage. 
And my role now is to, to support people with my experiences because I can share them. And I just did this with somebody I interviewed yesterday where she's had going through the mother issues that I went through five years ago. You know, So we had, we talked about that. So it's to be an example of wisdom about what's going on because I'm on the other side of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And it's so cool to see. And I like, as I do these unpacks, I usually get sort of like an intuitive hits about, or when I'm doing intuitive reading, I let it get, I get intuitive hits about people's human design. And I would venture to guess if we were to deep dive into the gates, which are the little numbers on the chart and the ones you have activated are the ones with the red circles around it. So I would bet in a lot of those descriptions and energies that there's a lot of like leadership and sharing knowledge and things like that with the, with the tribe. So Cool. It's very cool. Okay. The next part, and this is, I, I love, this might be my favorite part of human design are the centers. Uh-huh. So I kind of spoke to, to describe it to our listeners. It's all of these sort of shapes that align very much to the chakra systems. It's just that we've had two of them branch out. So the solar plexus has split into the solar plexus and the spleen. And then the heart center has split into the G center and the heart center. So that's why we have a few extras. So if you have one of these centers colored in on your chart, it means it's defined and you have consistent and reliable access to that energy and the themes that that center represents. If it's white, it's undefined, which means you're actually amplifying and reflecting back other people's energy. So for example, like in this conversation, I have my throat center and G center defined, and those are the two centers that you have undefined. So you're amplifying and reflecting back my energy there. And then, and then I'm doing the same for you. Like, for example, in mine, I don't have my head, Ajna or solar plexus or sacral defined. So I'm kind of feeding off of your energy there okay. too. So it's really kind of interesting that together we make sort of a completely lit up person, a completely defined yeah. person. But we're going to kind of look at, without getting too nitty gritty, look at some big themes here that are in your centers. Okay. So you have your head center and your Ajna center defined, which only about 30%, I believe, of the population does. Mm -hmm. But this means that you're very inspiring to other people. You're a very like logical, mental person. You're very good at coming up with ideas and theories about things. Mm -hmm. Now, the sort of caution here is that a lot of times you are not meant to act on these theories and ideas yourself unless your strategy and authority say Uh it's okay. So if you're an emotional wave, it's like, yep, this is awesome. And it's, you're responding to something, then you can act on it. But your superpower of having these areas defined is that you're meant to help other people with your ideas and theories. Mm -hmm. So you, you can sort of inspire them into action with the thoughts and things that you have. So does any of that resonate? Yeah, it does. When you said logical at first, I was like, no, that doesn't fit. But I, one of my, one of my superpowers is that I see patterns where other people don't. And I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I see patterns where other people don't see them. My son does the same thing. I'm the only one who understood how his brain worked when he was a kid. (laughs) It's like mine. But yeah. So from, cause I, I, I always say I'm not a linear thinker but I can see the connections between things in ways that are not linear. And so, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. I've done a lot of work opening up my Ajna and working with my Ajna and that sort of thing too, as well. So it kind of makes sense that those places are alive and well. (laughs) 
I love that. And I, you stole the words right out of my mouth. A, a lot of people hear that logic and I think they think like science and math and mm-hmm. business and structure, but it, it's all me. about patterns. Yeah. That's it's like about recognizing patterns and maybe how things can be improved or fixed for the like betterment of the future. So I, that's cool that that resonates. Yeah. Now we're going to yeah. look at, you only have two undefined centers. So you have a, a lot of energy coming from all your defined centers, but let's kind of take a look at those undefined centers and what those mean. So your throat center is completely open. You have zero definition here. So it as a center is not defined and none of the gates in your throat are defined. And okay. a lot of people do have this center defined. But what this means is that you are meant to only really speak when your strategy and authority are like, you know what, this is something that I'm really passionate about. This is correct for me to share on. A lot of times society pressures us to speak about things just to speak about things and have an opinion on things. But your design is basically like, no, I'm not going to share my thoughts, my opinions, my words, because your words are very powerful, unless it's the correct time for me and my Mm. strategy and authority say it's okay. You are probably very sort of intuitive here about other people and what needs to be said or what they're trying to say or what they want to say. So there may be some work for you that, you know, needs to be done as far as sometimes people who are undefined here may find themselves if they're in their not self, either speaking too much, speaking without responding to something, maybe overwhelming people with what they have to say. So a tip there would be to sort of practice your your speech, your thoughts in your head and make sure that your strategy and authority are saying it's a good good okay. time to speak because you have powerful things to say mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose the power of your words by over speaking or maybe speaking when you're not responding to something, if okay. that makes sense. Yes. And something's moving in my throat right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because that always happens with people too. Like you feel that like tension <laughs> in the thrill or whatever, if we're doing something maybe unaligned or we haven't quite figured yeah. it out. So that oh, yeah. speaking may be, you know, an ongoing lesson that comes up in your life. Yeah. I, I, there are times where I cannot say what I want to say, just mm-hmm. my throat gets tight and I can't do it. But now I know that's okay because it means it's not an alignment. I need to know. doesn't need to be said. At that time. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and maybe listening to that sacral response of like, is this the right time to share my thoughts? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like for me as a projector, I am supposed to wait for the invitation. And so I found if I'm sharing my thoughts or my ideas and projectors are like the wise guides, we are very much the teacher, which is funny because I've been teaching for 15 plus years now, but we're meant to share our wisdom to help people and to help the, you know, the community at large. But if I'm offering up my advice or whatever without an invitation, it will not be received. It will not be received well. And then I'm just going to feel bitter that not self-theme is going to come up because I wasn't, I don't feel seen or validated. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm speaking in response to something or an invitation, then I'm going to feel a lot more successful sharing the wisdom that I have. So it's all about that timing piece is really important. Yeah. Interesting. So The next area that you have undefined is called the G center. And this center is all about identity, direction in life, purpose in life, and like your journey for love. And so people who are undefined here are really like the great chameleons. You may find since you are that line four and you go to all of these different groups of people, you may find that you sort of reflect back the energies within 
those groups and your your identity or who you are may kind of shift and change as you're with different people or in different environments. Mm-hmm. The big thing that is important here is to be sure that you're surrounding yourself with the positive people, positive environments, so that you're not feeling those negative or toxic vibes from people mm-hmm. who you aren't meant to be around. But you're really serving, the superpower here is you're really serving as a mirror to people. And like you can see people at a soul level, which I think just knowing from what you've done with this podcast, I think is very aligned. It sounds like what you're doing is you're giving people this chance to speak. You're seeing people at a soul level, which then helps other people, the listeners, feel like seen at a soul level. So that's very cool. Yeah, nice. I have always been very reactive to my environment. And so I have, as I've gotten older and wiser, I'm very careful about who I'm around and what environments I'm in because I can, I'll pick up other people's emotions in a heartbeat. And I don't want to do that unless I'm doing it, you know, to help them. So yeah, it makes so much sense. And I feel like a lot of people who have an undefined G-Center may find themselves struggling like with, who am I? Who am I meant to be? Where am I going in life? What is my direction and my purpose? And the biggest tip is just surrender and allow the universe to bring it to you. It's going to bring it to you at the right time. So don't feel lost. Just know that, you know, timing is everything and surrender and sort of letting go of those attachments and that can trying to control the outcome. Yeah. That's a really important lesson for people with that undefined G-Center. Hmm. So one of the things that I've noticed about myself, my own patterns, is that I'll want to do something like I wanted to lose 30 pounds. There was no energy behind that. There was nothing to keep me motivated to do it. And then one day there was, and I call it the the switch went off or it turned on in that case. And I've learned to wait for those. I'll go, okay, yeah, I would really like to do this. You know, I'd like to exercise more. I'd like to learn a language, whatever it is. But I've learned to go, okay, I'm not getting any sort of movement towards that internally. Okay, I'm just going to wait. When the time is right, it will happen, or maybe it's not supposed to happen. And it'll, and I swear, it can be days, it can be hours, it can be years. But eventually, it, it either I no longer think about it, or the switch goes off and I go, oh, the switch just, it just switched. <laughs> Yes, so I really ready. have. Yeah. I have learned to to wait and to be okay with that, even though our culture is like, you got an idea, act on it, do it, make it happen. You know, it's just like, mm, no, it's not there yet. So and interesting. There's so so much when people start to dive into their centers. There's so much conditioning that comes up from society or parents, and this is where we really start to kind of unpack some of our shadow work and some of the work that we need to do to heal ourselves. And that actually kind of moves me, what something you said moves me into the next center, which is the heart center, which is the little triangle to the right of the G center, which you have defined. So you have consistent and reliable access to willpower. You might find yourself being competitive, even if it's with yourself. And then you also probably have a consistent self-esteem or self-worth. Because you're setting goals and you're able to achieve those goals. Now, on the flip side of that, somebody like me, I have an undefined heart center. I have found myself constantly needing to prove myself to people, especially to my parents. And so that's me operating from my not self. So as an adult, I'm having to do all of this deconditioning to kind of get out of like, okay, I need to 
prove myself by doing this and this and this and this and this Mm -hmm. and all the things and still never really feeling validated. So a lot of people who have an undefined heart center may struggle with that self-esteem, that self-worth. But for you, what's kind of funny is, so my husband has a defined heart center. I have an undefined one. So a lot of times I'm with him, I'm stealing his willpower. So to kind of go with what you said, like he's very healthy. He eats well, he diets well. And so when I'm with him, I find if I've set a goal, I'm like, I'm going to eat well. I can do that when I'm with him and I'm feeding off of his willpower energy. But the second I go away, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some Chick-fil-A today because I'm out of his energy. So your willpower energy is really strong for other people to feed off of. But you also, the sort of caution around this one is be careful and understand that a lot of people, I think it's half and half, half the people don't have access to that same willpower that you do. So like, And our, my family's case, like my husband having some grace for me, knowing that I don't have the same access to that willpower that Mm -hmm. he has. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though, because I would have said that I was more like you. My husband, we've been married for gosh, 37 years plus, something like that. He's the one that I always think has the willpower, like a iron willpower. He's going to do something. He does it, does it full out. And I always feel like I'm the one that doesn't have the willpower. So I'm wondering how I'm misinterpreting that perhaps. Well, it may be too the conditioning. So there is going to be conditioning that pops up for you. So if you are maybe setting goals that might not be achievable or realistic, it's going to hit your self-worth or, you know, you're going to feel like you don't have the willpower. Mm -hmm. So I would sort of tackle the conditioning that's come up around that and why you feel that you don't have willpower because you do. You were born with it. You have it. So now it's like, I have willpower. I'm going (laughs) to operate as if like, this has been my story my whole life. So it's sort of changing the narrative and changing any belief systems that you've had in the past that you don't have it because you do. It's in your chart. So it's just kind of looking at where has this come up in my life where I feel like I don't have willpower. Maybe somebody has said something to you or you've just set goals that are like unattainable right now. So maybe Mm -hmm. breaking down your goals into smaller baby steps so that you can feel that sense of self-worth and achievement. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to look, I'm going to get my journal out and start looking for times where I exhibited willpower Mm -hmm. and succeeded with it. Cause I think you're right. It's just, I think it's a story I tell myself and I don't, I don't really know where it comes from, but I'm going to start digging into that. So that's really helpful, actually. I love that. Yeah. So the next two centers we've kind of already touched on. So I'm going to just kind of breeze over. So the solar plexus you Mm -hmm. have defined. So that's all about emotions. So you're probably very in tune with your emotions. I will say the solar plexus is the thing that got me into human design. Because Mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast and it was like a pop culture podcast. And Jenna Zoe, who's a big human design person, was on it doing an unpack. Uh And she was talking about somebody who has an emotional solar plexus and somebody who's undefined there. And I was like, this is me and my husband. I was like, my husband has, I guarantee he has it defined. Mm -hmm. He's an emotional person. I am not. I'm just amplifying his emotions all the time. And sure enough, when I ran our charts, that's exactly what it was. (laughs) So the biggest thing here is to, with your emotions, as you feel through your wave, don't try to question why you feel a certain way and don't try to fix your lower emotions. They just are. So just ride that wave and feel through them and just learn to love and value your emotions for what they are. 
Now, mm. people who are undefined here, this can be a place where we find a lot of people pleasing tendencies or avoiding conflict or trying to be like a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who are very empathic probably have this center undefined. I know for me, I've picked up on other people's feelings and big emotions for a long time and identified with them. Mm-hmm. So now I've kind of learned some exercises through my you know, journey through human design, how to sort of block that energy and recognize when I am picking up on somebody else's stuff and learning to detach from it and not identifying with it. So that's a big one. Now, sacral center we talked about, since yours is defined, you have a lot of energy, you have that sacral or gut response. People who are undefined here are not going to have that same energy to work as many hours or all day. So just sort of recognizing that and knowing for the people who are undefined in the sacral center, you know, you don't have to keep up with the hustle and bustle that the generators have. It's okay. (laughs) Now, the next one is the spleen center. So this is the triangle on the left side. Mm -hmm. So you're defined here as well. This is all about intuition and fear. Mm -hmm. So you have consistent and reliable access to your intuition. And Mm -hmm. so I would bet that when your intuition comes to you, it's usually coming in a consistent way. Oh, yeah. People who are undefined here, it's not to say that you aren't intuitive. Some of the people who are the most intuitive that I've been around are undefined here. It's just that their intuition is coming to them in inconsistent ways. So depending on who they're with, like if they're with me and clear audience is my main source of intuition, they're all of a sudden going to be getting their information, you know, via clear audience. Hmm. Whereas if they move to the next person, it might be clairvoyant. So they are getting the information. They just might not know how it's going to come to them. Okay. So okay. do you, I don't know if, if that resonates with you. Do you get your intuition kind of the same way most times? I get it in lots of different ways, but yeah, most of the time it's a knowing. That's the strongest one. And that's the one I get mm-hmm. regularly. Sometimes I hear, but less, that's, that's not as often, but yeah, I'll get little knowings and words and things floating through my head. Yeah. And then it's also about fear. Like we sort of have this consistent way to tackle fear. And so fear may not, bigger fears may not be as big of a thing for us, but it may sort of cause us at times to feel invincible or, you know, sometimes not protect our health because we're like, oh, you know, I'm not scared of anything. I'll go like, I've been skydiving and done all the big things. Oh gosh. because I'm like, I don't, I don't necessarily have that fear or I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm scared. I'm just going to meet this and go do it. And there we go. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I don't have little deeper rooted fears of like, mm-hmm. you know, not having the security of like a paycheck or things like that. Those are the mm-hmm. things that pop up for me. Mm-hmm. But really when you're with people who are undefined in the spleen, they're really going to be picking up on any fears that you have and amplifying it back. Okay. So people who have an undefined spleen, may really start to feel different fears and they just need to learn how to like move through the moment and process it and let it go. Okay. And then the final center we'll talk about today is the root center, which is the bottom one, the bottom square. Now the root center is all about like a resourceful stress. So it's a pressure center. I have this one defined. So it actually gives me like a little extra boost of energy as opposed to a projector that doesn't have a motor defined. Now, this is all about that good stress to get things done. The big thing is just to be aware of not indulging that stress and becoming addicted to the stress. And then also recognizing that for people who don't have the root center defined, not putting that same pressure on them to get things done. So -hmm. that's been like a big lesson in my marriage. I have this center defined. My husband does not. So for the longest time, I'd be like, why aren't you like vacuuming or getting the dishes done or whatever? Because I have the little boost to get those things done. 
he doesn't. He'll mm. like freeze in fear. He's like, I don't know what to do next. So it's created this mm. empathy and compassion, understanding each other's designs mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that. Like, I'll just tell him, hey, can you get it done eventually? And then he'll get it done. Yeah. Huh. So yeah. interesting. So, yeah. So I think Ooh. that's kind of where we'll stop for today. But yeah. there's so much more that we didn't get into. We have, you know, there's 64 gates, which are based on the Chinese I Ching. And anytime you have a red little bubble around a gate, one of the numbers in your chart, that means you have that gate activated. You'll also, when people look at the chart, you'll see like red sort of hieroglyphics on the left, black ones on the right. Those are the planets. And so that's where we get sort of that astrology piece coming in. So Mm -hmm. each planet has a theme and there's a number below each little planet glyph and that's a gate. So we pair the theme of the gate with the lesson of the planet to see what themes come up in your life. There are these arrows around, four arrows we call them. And that tells you things about digestion, how you digest food and information, Mm. what environments are most aligned to you and your motivation and perspective in life, like how you're the trajectory you're on and what is being called from you. And then there's channels and circuitry. I mean, there's so many little aspects with all of these different flavors. So, but knowing these big ones, type strategy, authority, profile, and centers is already just a huge jumping off place and a place to really start to dig in and work on your healing journey. Dang, this is amazing. It's and, and I mean, I'm just looking at it, even the things where at first I go, no, that doesn't sound right. And then you start talking about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can see because sometimes it's not like a literal interpretation of things. Like mm-hmm. my husband and I were having a conversation the other day about the same thing. Like if I look at this word in a literal sense, no, it doesn't work. But if we start to backtrack and oh, wait, here are all the ways that this has shown up. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more like out there and metaphorical. So right, it's really right. interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Wow. I, and I have never heard of this before you, I, I met you. So this is completely new to me and incredibly powerful. And, and I appreciate that, that you did it in this, in this format because it, I think it's part of my, you know, my role in the world is to be a, an example, a role model, you know, and to be able to validate what you're saying having seen none of this before, I think is going to open a lot of people's eyes to how powerful <laughs> this is. And I certainly want to dig into it more because this is this is a way of looking at myself I have never encountered before. Mm-hmm. And already I have had multiple aha <laughs> moments. And yeah, where you can see that that what I'm thinking of the waiting for the emotional waves to, you know, to like settle and, and for me to get to a yes, no point. So often that I, I see that as procrastinating, you mm-hmm. know, cause that's the label. You're not taking action now. So you're procrastinating when in my gut, I know, no, I'm just waiting for, to feel, you know, for what's right. So just taking that, that language out of my head, I'm not procrastinating. I'm working the way I work. This is the way I process these kinds of things is super empowering. Oh, yes. I Yeah, I would guarantee if you go back and start to look at somebody told you at some point, like you're taking too long to decide you're procrastinating mm-hmm. and you just, you know, consciously or subconsciously put that into your body and your life. And now yeah. you have this, you know, permission slip to be who you were designed to be. And when you start to look at relationships, so like 
once you deep down into yourself, you get sucked in and you start to look at like your parents, your siblings, your partner, your kids. I'm thinking of my like, kids. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I it's, need to do this too. <laughs> exactly. And it gives you so much more, I always say compassion and empathy and how you operate because then you start to realize, like for my husband and I, with him being an emotional authority and I'm a splenic authority, I know the answer right then and there. But now I have to give him permission to be like, oh, he's got to like emotionally wave on it. So I just need to be respectful of his time. He's not going to know immediately. And same thing with working relationships. Like I've partnered with somebody who's an emotional authority. So whereas I can email you back right then and be like, here's all the information. I have it right now. She's going to take a few days to respond because she needs to kind of wave through it before yeah. she can answer me back. And old me would have been like, why isn't, you know, that person responding to me right away? And near me who understands human designs, like, oh, they just need a few days. Yeah. You and know? I always so want to apologize great. when I've taken those few days. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry I've taken so long to get to back to you. But no, I didn't know what I needed to say until that moment. Yeah. But it's for me with the healing work, one of the things I needed to learn was the language of the body, of the, you know, like even anatomy to be able to talk mm -hmm. about things. And this is a new language for me that is already in what we've been talking for just about an hour now already empowered me to see myself in new ways you know to see to see those things that sometimes feel like you know don't fit with what are the expectations of the culture is they're really my they're my powers they're my superpowers that's the way i'm meant to work this is super cool I have to say, and this is why I share it because I think so too. And so yeah. people will hear me like bang on about human design. I'm like, no, it's so powerful. And that's why, like, I believe I'm meant to share it because I know how much it's healed me and I know how much it can heal other people too. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole ability to, to, you know, sort of understand Myers-Briggs, my mother got into Myers-Briggs when I was in my twenties still and gave everybody the test. You know? Yeah. And that was when I learned the difference between introvert and extrovert. Mm -hmm. And I reading about an introvert, I finally saw myself somewhere because I'm a super introvert. I'm not as much as I used to be, but I was a big introvert as a kid. I, I had never had permission to be quiet. I had never had permission to need to go have. I famously said as a child, I just need a little piece of quiet. <laughs> <laughs> We all need a piece of quiet, yeah. A little piece of quiet. I, I didn't know that. This is the same kind of thing. It's giving me permission to understand myself so that I can interact with the people in my life in a, a more comfortable way, a more self-compassionate way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I thank you for sharing this with us because it's really blowing my mind. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for letting me share because that yeah. is my purpose here and it's what lights me up and I yeah, absolutely love clearly. it. Yeah. And you, yeah. and you are so well-versed in it. I mean, it's just, oh. it's amazing. So I, yeah, I, yeah. You have blown my mind today. <laughs> yeah. In a very good way. And we're going to very briefly run to the, the rapid fire questions. Cause I ask everybody these and they're just, there's just four of them. So if we can shift a little bit, who is, or was the wisest person in your life? My goodness. You know what? I'm going to, spin this question a little bit. There have been tons of wise people that I've learned a lot from, but I'm going to say experience. And as a line three, that experiential trial and error learner, like experience has been my biggest teacher. Okay. So if I have to credit Good. anything, it's just going out there and doing it and learning. And that whole, you're either winning or you're learning. I'm not yeah. failing. Right. I, I've needed to just do the doing to learn. Yeah. 
Excellent. I love that. What's your favorite self-care practice? My favorite, it's really time in my own energy, especially as a projector with not a lot of, you know, centers defined. I've realized I really need that time to myself and not feeling guilty about it, especially as a mom of little kids. I, I recognize that I need it to be my best self and to sort of release everybody else's energy. So just time in my own energy, whatever that looks like, reading, meditating is really important for me. Yeah. Okay, good. What lights you up when you're feeling down? Oh my goodness. This? Really? <laughs> you know, it just it's really is any form of helping people, whether that's through work or just, you know, advice if somebody needs it. It's just helping others really lights me up in human design a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lit me up too. Yeah. Do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation? You know, I don't know that I have a favorite one, but it really, I would say just in general, allowing yourself to create whatever mantra or affirmation that you need for yourself. Because I do find that we spend so long in these like negative self-talk loops and we spend so long focusing on, like, for example, I left teaching and I could be like, well, I don't want a job where I'm in people's energy all day. I don't want a job where I do this, this, this. Instead of focusing on what I don't want, I think it's so important to what to focus on what you do want. So I I want to focus on a job where I can have freedom, where I can have more time. So I think it's more of that, like my mind shift. I don't necessarily have specific words to verbalize that, but trying to just focus on what is it you do want? Because whatever you speak into the universe or think into the universe is what you're going to attract. So if we focus on what we do want instead of what we don't want, right? even though if they mean the same thing, it's going to be really powerful and attract the right things to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's been a big lesson in my life. Like I knew a lot about what I didn't want, know much about what I did want. So it's, it definitely makes a difference. All right. Can you tell the listeners where we can find you online? Yeah. Basically, if you just know the name of my business, it's called Guided by Human Design, because as a projector, I am meant to be one of those guides. So you can kind of look that up anywhere, Facebook, Instagram. But my main website is guidedbyhumandesign.com. And that has links to all my socials. Okay, perfect. All right. I think that brings us to the end of our conversation here. This has been, it literally has been a mind opening and, and just eye opening experience. And I, I'm just so very grateful that you were here today. I just thank the universe for bringing us together. <laughs> Love it. And before I forget too, I wanted to say, so I have lots of different like types of unpacks. So I have this introduction to human design unpack that goes over the basics, but then I have this extended human design unpack that breaks everything up. I feel like there are people out there who do the whole human design unpack more than what we talked about today in one sitting. And I think it's overwhelming and then you can never integrate it. And one of the biggest things I've learned, especially from my human design mentor is that the integration is key. Like you're not going to change your life. If you just know it, you got to do it and experiment with it. So I like to chunk up that information. So if anyone finds a session on the website that they like, I've created a coupon for your listeners. It's oh, WISE10. So WISE, W-I-S-E, 10. And I will i don't really have an end date on that. So whenever you're listening, have at it. And you can go ahead and see there's intuitive readings, there's parenting coaching, relationship coaching, one session packages, all the different things you can imagine. So I'd love to help people and support them with their human design journeys. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that too. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. All right. Well, 
this has been quite the ride this morning. I want to thank Bronwyn again for being here. And I want to thank all my listeners for being here. I hope that you have had some eye-opening experiences today because I certainly know I have. And I got to be a role model. (laughs) I hope you'll come back next week. We have a new episode here at Curiously Wise every Tuesday. Have a great day. Stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.